Brett, sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Right. You are about to hear a recording of the live episode of Films to be Buried with with Roisin Connery that happened last month at the BFI. Thanks to everyone who came. Oh, it was amazing. What a brilliant audience. And as ever, the audience bit at the end where they join in. Look out, you'll absolutely love it. It was brilliant. Thank you to everyone who came. Thanks to the BFI for making it happen again. I'll be doing another one later this year. And uh, of course, the other thing you need to know is there's extra stuff. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where me and Ray Sheen talk about the greatest opening, greatest closing, film that changed their life, all that business. You'll want to get some of that. It was great. Anyway, here is the recording some of it's been cut for legal reasons, obviously. Something's happened in the room that's a circle of trust, you know what I mean? But most of it's there, and I think you're really going to love it. All right, back to business. Look out! Yes! Beautiful. Oh, you're meant to do the dance. All right. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, an inner tube, and I love films. As William Blake once said, the tree which moves some to tears of joy is in the eyes of others only a green thing that stands in the way. Some see City Slickers 2, the legend for Curly's gold, and see a travesty of capitalism over creativity, while others go, hey, you can never have too much of Norman the Cow. Complex thoughts from William Blake there. That one was very niche, wasn't it? That was <laughs> very niche, Kumar. Um, <laughs> every week, I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. This episode comes live from the BFI with this audience. <laughs> and, my very, and, and an extra one just arrived. And my special guest is a creator, a panel showist, an actor, a comedian, a superstar, a style icon, a hero, an award winner, the finest comedy brain I know, and the only guest I had to pretend the show started an hour earlier so she'd be here on time. Please welcome to the show the brilliant Rasheen Connerty! Hello. Hello. It's Rasheen. How lovely to see you. Thank you. Lovely to see you too. Thank you for being here, Raisin. Shall I tell them? I, I went for a, I had a nap with wet hair. 
So that's why I look like a lion going through a divorce. Yeah. Um, I've tried to flatten it. You and were it the... won't go down. It is, it's getting bigger. If you've seen the uh, photorealistic Lion King, she was the original model. <laughs> um, great to have you here. Now, uh, who, who amongst you saw Raisin's incredible sitcom, which finished last night? Game Face? That was, that was a spicy move. It was so actually, you, wasn't it? I was what? thinking, what is he playing at? They're like, never heard of it. Um, thank you for watching. Uh, I love it. And I'm going to say this in front of people, because when I say it to your face... In private, you always go, oh, you're my friend, but I mean it. Here's what I think about Raisin Connolly. Um, I think that she has a really incredible comedy brain. She's like Larry David if Larry David was a romantic. That is how I feel about what oh, you do. Brett Lins, you're very lovely and you're my friend. Oh, shut up, I hate you. <laughs> but... Um, because there's a bit last night, if you saw last night's episode, and this is a bit of a spoiler, like the observation of... A man telling you that he's talking about his mum's died at dinner and it's a real moving moment, but you're hungry. <laughs> and the, the, the observation that like, how long do you have to wait till you can eat? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's gold. I, uh, I'm always eating and people always want to tell me serious things <laughs> when I'm eating. So, yeah, thank you. And the one other thing I'll say about it in my review of Game Face is... Um, very subtle. I mean, there's real, like, serious psychological stuff going on, and you just chuck it away. No one <laughs> says, look out, there's some serious stuff going on. You chuck it away and have someone saying spuds and onions. Oh, thank you. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen it yet, uh, Raisin's mother in the show puts people into two categories, spuds or onions. Some people, yeah, about, uh, I mean, I'm not selling it very well. Yeah, like that. Um, uh, <laughs> She says, my brother's got a very layered psyche. And then I say, I'm just as layered as him. And she says, no, some people are onions, some people are spuds. Uh, you're tougher, and tougher than him. Yeah. Wonderful <laughs> stuff. Now, you've done two series of yeah. a fantastic TV show. Uh, do you want to make a film? Yes. Good. Get on with it. <laughs> I'm writing a film. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, fucking right. It's pretty. I'm excited. Yeah, so I'm writing a film at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed it comes out all right. Yes. Um, are you, uh, do you feel, uh, one more question about Game Face and the experience is, I know it's hard making <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, it sounds like you're going to go into song. I know it's, I hard. Know it's hard. When you're trying to write your show, I know it's Make hard. Make your show called Game Face. <laughs> it's really, oh, you've got very good voice uh, control. Thank you. I know it's hard. Thank you. <laughs> um, What's it like, I mean, for you, the experience, you, you spend years making a thing, and then when you have a sitcom, it comes out, it's like it gets released six times, so every week you have the pressure of, oh, fuck, it's coming out again. Do you experience joy during that time, or abject terror? <laughs> you know what I experience, because I phone you. <laughs> Tell the people. It's not, it, it's not, um, <laughs> it's terror, you know, um, <laughs> You put all this, you know, it takes so much work. And I don't think that's always, before you make stuff, you don't realise how much goes into it. So that's why I'm always, I'm far more reluctant to be really critical about shows. Um, because just the amount of work that goes in just to get something on TV. So yeah, every week it's like I heave from like six o'clock, convince yeah. myself it's the worst thing that's ever been made. Um, the, sort of, the show comes out for a bit and I'm like, maybe it's not the worst thing that's ever been made. Um, yeah, it's quite, you know, you, yeah. I don't have that sort of confidence of like it's gonna go great i think i never trust that feeling i always think yeah. that's like if i've ever felt that i'd think i'd i'd be really scared if i started thinking things were going well 
We'll, we'll calibrate your reaction then uh, over the <laughs> evening. Um, oh, fuck. What happened? Oh, raisin. What happened? Oh, fuck. I've forgotten to tell you something. What? Oh, oh right. it's really good acting. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Brett. Oh. <laughs> How am I going to put this? Raisin, raisin, raisin. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> I probably should have told you back there. What uh, happened? Oh. Well, I, just, I guess I just have to say it. Um, here we go. Uh, you've died. You died. I'm so sorry. Why, though? You, you, you tell me. <laughs> um, How did you die? Probably like a comedy fall. <laughs> <laughs> like, a planned comedy fall? Yeah, probably trying to impress someone. <laughs> Went, Went too method. far. <laughs> yeah. So don't put a crash mat down, that'll ruin the, <laughs> yeah, the sound. Yeah, anything for the gag. Yeah. So you were trying to climb a ladder for a laugh, yeah. not even on set. No. Just at a party. It wasn't even a great gag. Right. It's the worst <laughs> way the to worst go. the worst part of it. At the funeral, everyone's going, I mean... I can hear my director said, we'll cut this, as I was, <laughs> as I was climbing the ladder. <laughs> She wants to do it. We'll just get it in the can, get it over <laughs> done with. <laughs> so you climbed a ladder, mm. fell off the ladder, yeah. no crash mat, died on impact. On impact, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it must have been pretty high up. No, that's the worst bit. Right. <laughs> it was probably no higher than this stage. Right. It, it was, was just... Head first. It was just really bad luck right. um, how I sort of <laughs> fell. <laughs> So a lot of people thought I was acting for yeah. a long time. They're just laughing for ages, shouting "cut." <laughs> <laughs> How long was it before people checked? And once I set up the next scene and right, realised right. that they needed me. <laughs> raisin travelling. Ra- <laughs> eyes on raisin. Oh, she's still on the floor. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you worry about death? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about it. This is a safe space. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten to tell you one bit. Actually, genuinely, this I don't... Oh, right. like, actually, is this for acting? No, this is real. <laughs> this is real. Is that when I normally record the podcast yeah. like, at, at home, no one's there. I'll say at the beginning, like, if you say anything you regret, we'll cut it. Oh, right. Just say cut it. But, like, we've got witnesses. Um, so if right. you say anything, you, you know, if you do your racist stuff or whatever, um, <laughs> like... We have a circle of trust, right? It doesn't leave right, the room right, right. and maybe we have a safe word. Right. Uh, if you have one you'd like to give away. <laughs> well, now you say give away. Yeah. Well, my real one is Tuesday. Yes. You know that. So basically, it just means if I'm talking in a group and someone comes over and you don't want them to stay, you'll be like, what time are we going on Tuesday? And that means do not let them in to right. the circle. So it's Tuesday is my yeah. enough funny how we always meet up on Tuesdays. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so you, you, uh, you, you do worry about death on, yeah, the, yeah, on yeah. the daily? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's spiral. If you think about death, you just spiral. So mm. I think it's that thing. You just have to sort of not think about it and just keep running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that. It's just like, you know, you just have to keep, you know, until it shows up. Otherwise, it's just, it, it makes everything pointless. You think death makes everything pointless? Not pointless, but it make, if you sort of Fucking consistently hell. feel... <laughs> if you consistently feel like everything's going to end at any point, yeah. then it can make, you know, sort of... Oh, God. Make you feel a bit like that. Yeah. 
And, you know... I but it doesn't make you do it more? Like, oh, it's going to end in a minute. Oh, yeah, better. it can be used positively. I always yeah. think that if I want to do something that's very frightening, like when I first did stand-up, I always, I used to think one day you'll be dead, which is, yeah. <laughs> which is like quite... Like, I'm not, I'm not good with positive encouragement. <laughs> I need... Um, and I, you know, so if it's a really frightening gig or whatever, I would always think it doesn't matter. One day you'll be dead. No one cares. And that's yeah. kind of. And I think that's. So it's good to do stuff. I think it it gives you perspective, but I think it also can be the other way, which you can just feel very. Oh, it's all. Mm. What are we doing here? We're just spinning on a ball in space. Like, yeah. what is? Who's writing this shit? Like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Uh, do you do you believe in an afterlife? I don't believe in an afterlife. Like. You know, like, I'll be me somewhere else. Right. But I, I like to think that our brains, you know, I, I'm sort of, that there's, there's a whole sort of many more layers of life than we don't know, that we don't know about yet. So I like to think, I'm quite mystical because it, it's safe. Right. <laughs> I don't like anything, like, I don't like a narrative to my beliefs. Like, I don't right. like, but I'm kind of like, yeah, I like to think that there's some sort of energy that sort of, you know. I love that. Mm. You think of it like a David Lynch film, like, can't pin it down. <laughs> yeah. Something's going on. Yeah, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it yeah, yeah. that's well, I exactly love that. it I, love, I mean scary afterlife but I, I like it yeah <laughs> um, well I have good news okay if you're into more stuff yeah more sort of like there is a heaven oh and it's not like a David Lynch film on the upside right it's nice right they got everything you want Nutribullet they got Nutribullets <laughs> in every room ooh all the ingredients mm-hmm. uh, trampolines you into that yeah. There's a couple knocking about, don't hair worry. Straight, hair straighteners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, they're, obset- they're obsessed with films like that. It's mad. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And uh, all they want to know about is your life through film. And the first question they ask you is, what is the first film that you remember seeing? Okay, so the first film I remember seeing and sort of being aware is Bambi. <sighs> no wonder you've got a fucking bad relationship with death. Yeah. <laughs> Christ, Bambi's a, a, a boy, a boy, boy dear. Is he? Yeah. Maybe I was just really identified with her. Yeah. <laughs> they, him. Yeah. We're in we're in very dangerous waters. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's a boy. It's a boy. If you say it's a boy, yeah. it's, a, it's a boy. What? Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, so you you, um, you saw Bambi. How? Okay. So. <laughs> Classic way, eyes. Yeah, um, yeah. Old school. I'm a traditionalist like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so there's sort of, if there's a sort of precursor. Um, I'd see, uh, the first film I remember vaguely seeing bits of, it's so Bambi's the first full film I remember going to see, but it's right. linked to the story. So I was in Island for Christmas and I saw a film that I can never remember the name of and I've Googled. There was like a bit odd, it was in the background. There was a dog and it was pulling a sleigh for some family or whatever and, uh, and basically to get, it mu- to get the family money and the dog dies. Oh, and I remember being like, what the hell? Like, and sort of just as a dog dead. And me and my sister get into such a state. And my mum's like, no, no. My mum was very good. She would always sort of, you know, placate us and stuff. And so I vaguely remembered that. She would basically phone someone going, oh, yeah, you, yeah no, the dog's round it, blah, blah. You know, don't worry. It's a joke. And I, you know, but I, was, I was sort of my first, but it wasn't a film I'd remember, you right. know. I don't think I understood what films were. Yeah. Um, I just saw a terrible thing happen. <laughs> And then I went to see Bambi to the cinema with my friend Richard and his uh, nan, a very lovely Greek lady. And uh, <laughs> the end of the film happens. Yeah. And I'm just like stunned. Yeah, like, like, I what can't is... believe that's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, my mum would normally straight away pick up the narrative. Anything bad, she'd be like, I take, no, no, it was, it was having a nap. She was really good. She would always <laughs> take the bads and, you know, make it another narrative. So I'm looking at Richard's nan, like, you gotta, you, you're gonna have to have a good story for this. And she just looked at me, she went, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Like, what, mate? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm just, like, quiet coming home. Like, I don't know what's happened. And some reason, I think, because my mum wasn't there, it happened. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, that's because my mum wasn't there. They, that happened. Oh, um, I'm very up. small. So I go How on. How I was like, were we six? Okay. And um, I went with my mum, and uh, we were in Camden. And um, I was like, we need to see Bambi. And I don't know if she'd known it, if I'd seen it. Um, I think they might have been looking after me. I think she did. But I insisted on seeing it again. I had to see it again. Because I thought that my mum would change what happened. Jesus Christ, Raisin. And so I was, <laughs> so I was in there and I was like, get ready, get ready. Because <laughs> I need one of your, I need like, you, you'll know more. Like that yeah. sort of, and then it happened again. And then my mum was like, and I'm, and I'm looking at my mum and she's like, you know, and we get out. And then everyone's talking, and it's so sad. I'm hearing the same language I'd heard yeah. the first time. And I'm like... Well, then what, what, what do you mean? Like, what? And then she Call tried. One of your mates. Yeah. And then she tried to do her. No, no, listen, it wasn't. No, you've got it wrong, you know. Um, but it was the first time I was really aware that it had happened and that I was allowed to see it and that death was real. Yeah, it was really awful. God. And that you, your mum can't undo things just by pretending to phone someone and go, yeah, the dog's around Auntie Lisa's. Don't worry. Like. <laughs> Is the dog playing with Bambi? <laughs> yeah. yeah. With Bambi's mum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bambi's yeah. mum's just popped over next door. That's made me want to rock in the corner. Yeah. That story. It made me really uncomfortable. Like, if I ever heard about it, I'd get, like... I, I'm one of my first... Remember, sort of remember getting knots in my stomach was hearing about Bambi again. Like, even discussions. Like, oh, Bambi. I'm like, oh. Like, <laughs> I didn't like to think about it. God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Big old first film. Yeah. I'm amazed you went... <laughs> Twice. Did you try a, th- a third time? No, no, no I got the, I got you the got disc. <laughs> I was thinking, I, I, can't, I was thinking about films with uh, animal films. They always die. That's your warning sign. If there's yeah. an animal in it, and that's the main part, it's dead. Yeah, I think unless it's, awful. it's Beethoven, and then the animal lives. Yeah, for I think five it's awful. sequels. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I know people go, it's good it teaches kids about death. I don't think, I don't think, like, it's not, it's not good. Like, it's, all, it's awful. It's just a trauma. Life's mm. already traumatic. I don't think, I don't agree with it. Like, when my dad died when I was old, I didn't think, oh, my God, I saw Bambi when I was young. <laughs> yeah. Really prepared me for this. Um, <laughs> That's so true. I just think it's, you literally, you, when I see kids put the Lion King on, they haven't seen it, I'm like, oh, no, here we go. It's gonna, <laughs> like, there's going to be tears for two hours. Yeah. Like, we're just going to bring a trauma into the house. Just going, yeah, let them cry. Like, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. Horrible things. Speaking of which. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's the film that scared you the most? When a stranger calls. <sighs> right? <laughs> Great noise. <laughs> Someone in the audience felt that deep. Terrifying. What, how did you see this? I saw it very young. Absolutely. With your chaos. mate's nan? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Went back again. Surely you just got the wrong number. Um, um, I saw it very young. It was the 80s. Parents were careless. Um, mm. It was a different time. Yeah. Um, so I saw it way too young, number yeah. one. Um, 
And it was the most frightening thing. It's your house. Uh, uh, some spoilers. Are we allowed to talk about spoilers? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Does, has everyone seen the film? Uh, um, oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, a teenage uh, girl is babysitting and someone keeps phone. This is the 80s. So everyone, mobile phones don't exist. There's, no, there's only the house phone, you know, so it's a very different technological time. And someone keeps phoning the house phone going, go and check the children. Have mm-hmm. you checked the children? And she's like, oh, it's a joke. And it's filmed so dark and it's just so creepy. I mean, it's so bleak. Um, have you checked the children? And, um, and then I'm going to give you a big old... So there's a bit where you're just like... Ah! But was, <laughs> um, the, the police eventually phone back and they're like, the call's coming from inside the house. There's another phone. <laughs> and like, literally, yeah. we're like, get out! It was just... It's, and it's, it's a horrible end. It's, uh, what happens? Uh, I think he kills the kids. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And you didn't check it twice. To she doesn't it. go and check for ages. And then there's a bit, it's, she fixes like, she's like, Dan, stop mucking around. You know, one of those. Um, but there is someone in the house. Yeah. So it's, um, <sighs> it's pretty. Hell. And then the sequel. It's a terrible sequel. It's really awful. But there's one bit where she's gone to college now and she's accessible. <laughs> But it was, I remember thinking it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I talked about it for ages. It's like a real, like, and actually it's terrible, but I thought it was a brilliant piece of filmmaking when I was like 15. Um, she's in this room and she's like, he's back, like he's been released from prison and she's at college and she's got really like floral wallpaper, like green and white floral wallpaper. <laughs> Man oh yeah! Just unrolls from it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, these are geniuses. This is yeah. the greatest thing I've ever seen. I was yeah. like, this is how you do horror. Um, but it's, I watched it. Really, it was, it's really funny. I've he's... always thought about that because he's painted the exact yeah. shape, of, but he doesn't have a mirror to check if he's no. stood in the right bit. <laughs> no. Like he's he's got out a little like hammer. Like, yeah. Fuck, uh, she's coming. <laughs> I... Yeah, it's uh, spicy stuff. Yeah, but I remember really t- when I, you know when you first start talking about films, like, I tell you what the greatest horror is: <laughs> the man unrolls from the wall. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, great stuff. Yeah, terrifying um, film. What is the film that made you cry the most? A lot of films, yeah. but I would say Still Magnolias, that Sally Field yeah. speech, because um, I can watch that out of context of the film and cry. Right. Yeah, it just made me sob. And it's just, you know, it's not the saddest film in, the, in terms of story. I've seen much sadder films. Yeah. But I think she gives such an amazing performance. And I think when it, it's such a great version of grief, the anger, the sort of like why, you know, and I think um, if you've ever lost anyone, it's such an honest kind of, you know, fury to it, you know, I'm going to get welled up, but I always, when I think about it, it's such an honest, and then it's undercut so beautifully with the funny after, you know, kind of, it's just a perfect, so it doesn't leave you like that sort of, you know, there's a, immediately it goes to something, but yeah, it's very, very sad. Um, That was a period of time where Julia Roberts kept starring in films where she died Mm. or someone else died very near, she was like, you know how Meg Ryan was like, you go to her for romantic comedy, it was like, someone's dying, get Julia Roberts in. (laughs) Yeah. She can um, do, she's very emotive. Yeah. Does a lot of emoting. Mm. Good face for it. Good face for it, yeah. You can't, just, you can't, go, you can't sort of cast a, a sort of still face dyer. <laughs> yeah. If you're dying, move your face yeah. a bit, love. We want to we see it. <laughs> uh, lovely. All right. I'll, t- 
I'll accept that. Sounds like an interview. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Uh, I, I completely disagree, but um, what can we do? This is who they've uh, sent me. Uh, uh, I guess it's your answers. So um, let's move on. Um, why is the film that's meant to be bad, critically not acclaimed, but you love it unashamedly? What did I say? <laughs> the bodyguard. The bodyguard. Oh my god! Top of your head. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a lovely film. It's a great film. Yeah, I don't mind it. No, I really love it. I watched it again recently. I yeah. thought this is a good film. And then, <laughs> do you think it's a good film? So. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant. But it got really panned, and uh, yeah, and people sort of like there's no chemistry between them. It's boring, and you know, it's really well shot as well. Just on a filmic level, it's really beautifully shot. The st- <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing like that? Who hates the bodyguard? <laughs> Do you hate the bodyguard? Oh. <laughs> I really... It's, it's not my favourite film, obviously, but I watched it recently. <laughs> Backtracking. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's not great. Do I mean... <laughs> Listen, it's not... Maybe my third. No, um, <laughs> Passes the time. I suppose if nothing else is on, but fine. <laughs> I think it's just a good... It's a good yarn, and I think it unfolds yeah. good. And when you find out the sister is... Um, involved uh, in it it's really beautifully done i think like really beautifully pushing it but i think it is <laughs> it just doesn't deserve that level that of that woman is the voice in your head <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't des- i don't i think it, it just got panned and there's been it's the best pop star film ever yeah bar maybe barbara streisand and star is born and like gaga star is born but other than where they're playing you know i yeah. think it's I think that's really good. I think it's a good, it's a good yarn, and I think it's a good, you know, it's a little over long, and you know, <laughs> but I, it's very. If it's on, I'll watch it. And you know, you've got that end where she's going to run off that plane and bang out. I will. It's great. Yeah. Leave it on. Leave yeah. it on, mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm all, I, I never think I'll get it off. I'll watch it. Yeah. Well, despite what this woman says, we're. <laughs> You were allowed it, and it's a good answer. Thank you. Um, but thank you. What is, uh, what is the film that yeah. you used to love years ago? You loved it. You've watched it recently, and you've gone, oh, dear, I don't feel the same way. I don't have one of those. Sticks to her guns. Sticks to her guns, I, apparently. I, I was, went through uh, this. I really did try and think. Yeah. And I was like, any film I loved as a kid, I haven't sort of grown to hate. I don't think I ever loved... I don't think I've changed my mind on any of the films that I've loved. Have you watched Cocktail recently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I did too. Did you I saw have... it very recently. I thought, that is a film made by people on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the films in the 80s are made yeah. by people on cocaine. Yeah. Very strange story. I mean, uh, the story's really mad, but it's so, it is very watchable. Elizabeth Shue, she's so great. She's, you could watch her in anything. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is great. He turns up at her house to win her back. Right. Uh, and he's, che- he's been awful. Yeah. He's been awful, but he's the hero. He's been an absolute bellend. Yeah. And then he, t- he breaks into her house, hmm. ends up knocking out the dad and his mate, and then drags her out. And as he leaves, says, it didn't have to be like this. And, he's, and then it's like, oh, great, they're together. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is this film? Yeah, that's probably... Yeah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, probably... Maybe... It's weird, isn't it? Because I suppose you have to... I, I, I'd have to watch them all again. We watch... We, our sort of... 
what we tolerate yeah. has changed so much, you know, kind of. Yeah, in the 80s, it was pretty cool to do that. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. In the 80s, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, what is, oh, you know, this is my favourite question. Oh, God. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily because the film's any good. It might be shit. But because of the memory you associate with seeing that film, might have been a first date, might have been the day you got a job, day you tried out this haircut, whatever it was, <laughs> whatever it was that you remember. That film. Um, I think the film that probably would be Bigfoot. Um, yeah, that's a good film. It's a good. I can't really remember the film. I was so young. But um, we'd gone to live in... My mum and dad had split up and we'd gone to live in Ireland, in Kerry, uh, which is a very rural part of the country. And it was the 80s, so it was very sort of um, different to Camden, where I'm from in London, which is like colour and punks. And, and we sort of went to this very sort of quiet place. And my mum was obviously going through a divorce and she was sort of depressed. And it was just very kind of a bleak family time, you know. And uh, I just couldn't understand... You know, when you're a child, you can't really understand what's... Everything's so miserable all of a sudden. So two things. Once I went, I, I went and got my hair cut. I went to a bar in Ireland. They sort of, uh, they would just sell children things. I went to a hair, I went to a, I went to a barber's and uh, with my pocket money and asked for a haircut like Pat Shop, and uh, they gave it to me. They were like, "Fine, sit down," you know. Um, so I just had this mullet, um, and that didn't cheer my mum up. Um, <laughs> First time she ever swore at me that I remember. Um, yeah. But it was kind of a, just a, a sort of a bleak time. And I remember sort of just sort of thinking, like we'd moved to this other country as well. My dad was in England and it was all a bit, you're a child, it all feels a bit, look, there's a lot, not a lot of joy. It felt like, and I loved, you know, I love the island and stuff, but it was just, and um, my, we weren't doing things that we normally would do, you know, like going, you know, like my mum was down. So like, you know, and there's not as many options in a small, you know, and um I kept asking to go to the cinema and stuff, and she was like, no, I don't want to go to the cinema, we're not going to the cinema. You know, it was going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And Bigfoot, and I just walked past the cinema to get home. Anyway, so I got my pocket money. <laughs> and then one day after school, I went in, and I bought one ticket for Bigfoot um, for the quarter to ten night showing. <laughs> How old were you? How old were you? Seven years old. Seven years, great. Love it. And uh, I got home, and was like, bedtime, it was like eight o'clock, I was like, yeah, night. <laughs> So I go to bed and I think, well, I have to. It was so manipulative, but very clever because the thing I knew about my mum was what she hated more than anything was wasting money. Um, so about Great. quarter past nine, I got out of bed and I came downstairs and dressed. <laughs> she said, she was like sitting there, you know, and I remember she was having a cigarette. She's she just very like not in a happy place. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just going to the cinema. <laughs> she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I've bought my ticket. I'm going to see Bigfoot. I know you don't want to come, but I'll be all right. Uh, she's like, what? What are you, you know? And she's like, oh my God, this is insane. What did I, you know, what are you doing? You can't do that. So, do you know, she's like, the cinema, how are they selling children one ticket a quarter to 10 at night? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, so I knew, I was thinking, if this plays as I predict it will, she won't let that ticket go to waste. <laughs> but it's a risky move. And I was like, you know, and then she gets my sister out of bed and, uh, 
so we go and see Bigfoot. What a fucking dream. Mm. And she really laughs. You know, it's kind uh. of like, I think she really, she was like, this kid, <laughs> you know, it's his fault. But it was the first time where, like, we sort of had this, because my mum always brings it up, so it's all one of those ones, you know, we went out after we had food. But it's just a silly thing, but it was one yeah. of those ones where, yeah, it's a, like I always think of it as like a beginning of her, like, hour as a family, sort of like, right, well, we're going, going to the cinema again, things are getting back to normal. Yeah, it was a very... Uh, Can we clap that answer, please? Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. Um, little, little, little gear shift. Uh, look me in the eyes. Raising Connie, what's the film you found the sexiest? Look away. <laughs> the Born Identity. Hello. The Curveball. Uh, what about <laughs> The Born Identity? There's one Gives scene the in horn. it. So I think Matt Damon's very beautiful. Okay. But it was, it's the bit where he washes her hair. I love having my hair washed or touched or anything like that. Like when I was a child, I used to pretend if I scratch, I'd scratch my hair a lot. So my mum searched me for knits. Um, Very she, sexy. She was. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me take you back. <laughs> I like that sensation. There's a bit where I think he's just like dyeing her hair or cutting it because they have to escape, and he just washes her hair over a bath, and I'm just like, yes, please. <laughs> So whenever anyone says what's the sexiest thing, that's the first thing, and I and then I try and say cooler things, and I'm like, it's the hair wash in the Born Identity. It's the best. It's so intimate, and it's such an intimate thing to do. And I think intimacy is much more sexy than just in sex on screen when it's just like that bit where you're like, oh, it's so intimate, but they're not together at the point when they're doing it. Yeah, it's great. Really, really great. <laughs> does he does he find any lice or? Like, <laughs> he shaves her head. He must have. She must have. Had a, terrible batch infestation yeah. <laughs> hot yeah um that's good hmm. what's yours uh, my sex is yeah oh, it's a Some long list silence <laughs> of the lambs <laughs> yeah you got it yeah 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 um witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the app store to prove it. 
Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I dot com. Uh, okay, I'll say this because we're at the BFA. If you ever listen to this podcast, uh, the subcategory is um, Troubling Boners, Worrying Wydons, a film that aroused you, but you thought maybe it shouldn't have. Um, what's your worrying wydon? <laughs> I respect you, Thank but you. I ain't scared. <laughs> well, it's when I was young, yeah. um, and it was uh, Smoking the Bandit. Very popular choice. What about it? What about that image is troubling? <laughs> it was, um, I had, it was, I, I felt like that my dad had them on a lot or whatever. There was like this film and it was like men. And I, it's just like, I was like 12 or 11 or 12. And I remember sort of thinking, like, I wasn't sure that, you know, I was just like, well, I really like watching this person. Um, and then I had a saucy dream and it was really awful. About like, Smokey or the Bandit. <laughs> That's me. Both. And then um, the bandit, the bandit. Who's a Bet Reynolds? The bandit. bandit. Yeah, not, not, not the sheriff. Um, <laughs> Don't be then, silly. <laughs> it was my first ever sort of sexy dream. Yeah. And it was about a fully grown man. But I remember sort of getting up at breakfast like, morning. <laughs> I'm different now. <laughs> you don't know this. Uh, but I'm different uh, now. Um, Bert Reynolds came at night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was quite. Uh, I was really troubled by it, and I, I, I was sort of at school. I was quiet and stuff, and then I had to sort of. I always have to tell someone. I was like, I need to talk to you about something. Um, so, uh, uh, have you seen a smoking oh the bandit? <laughs> no one had seen us. Anyway, there's an old guy in it. Like so old. Um, yeah, it was a, it's a. It was really worrying. That's a great answer. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> What is the film that you most relate to? I would say Broadcast News. I love Broadcast News. Yeah. And I'm happy you said it. Yeah. It's quite hard what you relate to. It's quite weird. It's quite mm. a hard. But I suppose um, Holly Hunter's character in it is amazing. The whole film's amazing. And I relate to the sort of, I suppose being in comedy uh, is similar in many sort of an old newsroom that you're sort of travelling to places and having very deep conversations with people you work with and yeah. stuff. And and I suppose if you're in a newsroom and stuff, so I relate to it. It's just a wonderful film. And that character, I'm not as good a person as her, but she, I think, also, she wants to be very good, but she's attracted to maybe not the best guy. And then she's got a guy who is very good mm. and she can't fall in love with him. Yeah, so I relate to it for lots of reasons. Also, just being a woman in, I suppose, in a business that is predominantly male-dominated, um, it's quite a serious answer. But I hadn't seen... Yeah, I just related to the conversations in it about be, how, what, being good and, like, not like me, but, like, having those conversations. Yeah. I hadn't seen them on screen sort of done so well and um, so effortlessly. And, yeah, and there's a bit... She, it's such a beautiful thing they do, and they never sort of say it out loud what it is. She's just does these scenes they're very still and she just cries and then carries on with her. Yeah, and yeah. they don't sort of say like there's not this like inner there's not like this backstory to why she, it's just sort of like being alive 
it feels like that's what it is. She's just a functioning woman in the world and, you know, a, a human being. And then she just, sometimes she's just a bit stressed and she just has a cry. And then yeah. it carries on. And so whenever, it's a film I go back to again and again. I love watching it. I think it's an amazing, I relate to it. I relate to quite a lot of the characters in it. And it's a film like about what, that people aren't good or bad. So you have these, um, have you seen Broadcast News? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's two, um, the William Hurt character is this sort of very pretty, sort of vacuous newsreader and so in a sort of lesser writer that character would be definitely the bad guy and someone you're not rooting for but he's not very smart does that mean he's not deserving of a chance to use this you know and they sort of, she gives up everyone's got a humanity and I, I think that's how I try and see I think an important way to try and see the world and I relate to people who try and see that there isn't good or bad and everyone has a you know has their own path it's an incredible incredible film I think that's how you write as well Raisin if I may come on mate <laughs> also broadcast news is unusual it's a film about work yeah it's very much a film about people doing a job and that is the main I sort of think that Aaron Sorkin doesn't happen without broadcast news no like West Wing and that sort of thing I think starts with a film about yeah. people at doing a job. Yeah. And that's rare. You know, Stephen King said this. Sorry, I mean, this ain't funny. But uh, Stephen King, in his book on writing, he says one secret tip. He said, people love reading about jobs. I've no idea why. He said, if you want to write a book that people read, get your characters to go to work a lot. People fucking love it. But you don't get it so much in film. No. Tip, any screenwriters out there? Yeah. I suppose- Give them a job. I suppose it, it depends the kind of job, doesn't it? Because in certain, you want to, I suppose with characters, you want to see them at their most rounded and who we are in an office or within, you know, is so it's, it's kind of, you try and have to see them in different environments, different places where I think in a, with war journalists, like they are, and, you know, sort of, I'm about to compare comedians to war journalists. Absolutely. Get ready. War journalists, firemen, comedians, you know? <laughs> We're out there doing, the, doing God's work. Um, <laughs> You know, but saving they're, they're, lives. They're high intensity situations. So you have these bond, like, you know, I think their small talk goes pretty fast. It's hard to s- sort of, it's, and that's what I really relate to that bit where I don't really, I think, don't do small talk. And, and in the film, all of their conversations are meaningful and straight to the point, and, but without being pretentious. It's not like, so, you know, that sort of, and she, it's very written but the writing's hidden. You can't hear the typewriter and that's so beautiful. Like, there's never a bit where, like, the writer's like, aren't I good? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. And I just, yeah, relate to the conversations and her. I'll tell you what, for an answer you hadn't thought about, you fucking nailed that. I haven't even seen it. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what film is objectively, objectively the greatest film of all time? Might not be your favourite. Aliens come, they go, what cinema? You go, this one. I mean, you've definitely had it before, so it might not be the most interesting for you. I know how you like things interesting. Um, <laughs> you've seen my sexiest yeah. <laughs> film. Go on. The Godfather. Uh, wh- why? It has the most parts that are brilliant out of, all the f- out of all the films that I've watched. So if you're just doing an objective across the board, yeah. the scripts, the performances, the music, the, the themes, it has that on a just a sort of very boring way. Uh, which it is You're selling pretty, it <laughs> yeah. it's um you know it's a phenomenal film it's um it's about power and you know corruption and like i mean i'm sounding like someone who's not seen the godfather which is really funny <laughs> like you're reading uh, the back of it uh, they're a fam- they're a family um <laughs> <laughs> not not good people not good but, um, they, they work or something there's some sort of work in it um 
it's sort of you know one of the it's, you know breaking all of the stuff where you you will for evil you know you will on bad characters is the godfather to give that like we were saying that like, giving them humanity and yeah. it's phenomenal that you can will this to work and i mean you know the shots the opening scene even it's it's everything. I think it's an incredible. I can't. I don't want to say anything because it's just everyone said everything about the Godfather. It's just incredible. There's no. There's nothing in it that I don't love. Um, bar part three, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> what is the one film you could or have watched the most over and over again? When Harry Met Sally. What a film! That's a perfect film. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So why did you say the Godfather? <laughs> no, I love this but film. I, I, you said objectively. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And I think objectively, in in the time it was made, it was I think I think you know there's yeah. some spicy stuff in that film. Has it ever been bettered? The Godfather or Harry Met Sally? Harry Met Sally. Oh, when Harry Met Sally. No, I think it's a joy, and what it does, it makes it look easy. Yeah. And that's what people they're like, like something like when Harry and they use it for like <laughs> yeah. the worst shit you've ever seen. Like it's a bit like when Harry Met Sally. Like, it's nothing like it's it's so tight and it's so. Um, the structure of it and the beats of it, it's the, one of the tightest films I've ever yeah. seen. And I, I think because it's a, a, a rom-com and it's like, you know, sort of happy, fundamentally the mood is, yeah. um, that doesn't, it, it, I think people think it just comes easy. It's joyous. It's, you know, it's philosophical, it, but n- done through the best conversations you, you know, you want to be part of, you know, they're both amazing actors and you just, it's that thing where you, the films you want to watch again are the films I think that leave you at the end feeling good, you know, because you do, well, I watch your films, you've seen it, you've seen the story, if it's a sad film. Like, Bless you. Know. When I used to see Requiem for a Dream DVDs, I was thinking, why? I have Why would that. anyone buy it? You've seen it. Why would you go, should we put it on again? Nah, yeah. you're good. It's um, Christmas Day. <laughs> I know it's a great film and it's a piece of art, but it's yeah. not a thing you want to go back to. Where is that? I think you can go, and it you not really like films that cover the seasons as well, and it, it yeah. covers. It feels like that. It's just wonderful, and I love Nora Ephron so much, and Me I think everything too. she does is amazing. Again, she hides her writing, and all the characters feel so formed, and yeah, it's just it's a really special piece of work. It's incredible. I love it so much. Yeah, I'll take it. Thank you. Uh, now we don't like to be negative, so we'll do this quick. What's your what's the what's the worst film you've ever seen? Showgirls. Hard disagree. I mean, name one thing wrong with Showgirls. <laughs> I love Showgirls. Go on. <laughs> well, I have a friend called Tim who I went to school with, and Tim his parents thought I was trouble, and they told him to stay away from me. Stay away from me. That was part of the problem. Is I kept saying, "Come away with me, Tim." And uh, and when we were at school, I snuck him out of school. He was such a like good boy. He hadn't yeah. done, you know, he was a good boy. And I took him to showgirls when we were like, I don't know, young, and went in like a lunch break at school. And I mean, his eyes fell out. I oh, couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. it was like it was smoking yeah, bandit before porn on the internet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I think about showgirls is it sort of does what it says. It's not pretending. To be art, is it? I mean, not that it, it isn't. is. That's the problem. Right, go on. It, it came into c- proper cinemas, not like <laughs> <laughs> you're at the wrong door, mate. Yeah. Like, it's like it doesn't belong in cinemas. <laughs> it belongs in those dirty little alleys, you yeah. know. And not like I'm not like a prude. It's just got, there's no art. They don't. They, there's, it's terrible, Brett. <laughs> it's sort of funny, terrible now. Yeah. And now there's an innocence to it, obviously, because you know we're so much more. It's just a terrible film. I mean, I don't. It's just. 
there's not one redeeming thing. The performances are bad. The shots are bad. Yeah. Everything's terrible. Right, I'll tell you two things. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> one is, I, uh, I'll tell you, right, I went to see, there was a play about Lenny Bruce, and uh, it starred Eddie Izzard as Lenny Bruce. And uh, from Saved by the Bell, Jessie from Saved by the Bell, she played Lenny Bruce's uh, wife, and we went to see the play, and there was a sex scene, there was a love scene where they were both completely naked. And again, I was quite young, and I remember thinking... My goodness me, that, that woman is incredibly beautiful. And her and Eddie Izzard kissed and they lay down and I thought, I don't know how he's doing this. And then he stood up and he had a boner. <laughs> and he had to do a monologue to the audience. And I thought, that's good theatre. <laughs> <laughs> that's legitimate theatre. Oh <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it doesn't save the film. Eddie, no. Eddie Izzard's boner isn't going to get this. Uh, okay. What's the, you're in comedy. What's oh. the film that made you laugh the most? Bridesmaids or With Now and I. Yeah, I mean, you can have it. Yeah. have them both. Yep. Yeah, okay, moving <laughs> on. Um, I mean, With Now and I was a film I watched when I, I think it was, uh, when I was about 17 or 18. Um, and... I'd never seen anything like it, really. And, yeah, so, I mean, it's hard to add to what's already been said about it. But the dialogue's incredible. The performance is incredible. And each time I watched it, it's one of those films where I got a different... Like, I missed lines and I had to go back. And I just remember howling, howling with laughter. And they were just... It was a comedy, I suppose, where you believe the characters were real. And that felt... I hadn't really seen that because I love loads of big comedies in the 80s and stuff, you know, but I'd never sort of bought them as real. And these like felt like two real people quite sad and the ending makes me cry. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an in- incredible, poignant sort of uh, film about the end of youth. And I think if you're like going into your 20s, which isn't the end of youth now, now I'm a bit older. Um, yeah. But like that feeling of, yeah, it's got a real sort of melancholy to it that mm. makes the joke so much funnier, I think, because it's just underlying... Yeah. <laughs> but it's real melancholy, which is really hard to get, I think, when, you, um, when you're sort of writing. Yeah, so I loved With Now and I so much. And Richard E. Grant is, his performance is, his performance in that. I think he should have got an Oscar for that. And yeah. I, I, I think now, whatever he does, just get him, just do, get him in and so just say, it's With Now and I, really, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> like they do with Scorsese yeah. and everyone. Here you yeah. go, this is for Goodfellas. Shh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bridesmaids? Bridesmaids is, in sort of the last sort of 10 years, it blew me away and uh, I think the writing is incredible and it just it launched so many careers from it because every performance is pitch perfect. And in the comedy, there's not, that's kind of hard to get that many bang on and they're individual. The pace of it as well, the pace yeah. is so good yet you believe she's real and again, there's a vulnerability to her but the jokes are great. I mean, Melissa McCarthy just bangs straight out the gate, you know, like is... And I just like films that launch someone that you yeah. go, there's no ambiguity about this person. This is a bang out comedy star. This is, she's not fucking about, yeah, like yeah. she's taking it and run, you know, and each scene there's you, you, the, each scene is, it's not just one bit in the film, like on the plane and you know, it's just a perfect film. And I hadn't seen, there's loads of um, uh, uh, films with uh, funny women in it, but I suppose I hadn't seen one in recent times where I was similar age to the people in it. And um, I felt, yeah, so I've really connected with it and just, it was, 
that it was so so beautifully written and so each the writing's incredible in it and it sounds like dialogue and not gags it goes for laughs not gags bless you um (laughs) tuesday um (laughs) yeah and I, I, it's a film like uh, uh, The Bodyguard uh, no, but like when Harry met Sally <laughs> I'll leave on and, and I think yeah. it's, it, it, it leaves you with such a nice feeling and it, it's about female friendship as well and I think I've never really seen that explored in adulthood how like secretly that's what we're like as teenagers we're very possessive over our friends and then sort of you have to pretend to grow out of it but actually you're a bit like who's your new mate um, <laughs> yeah. My friend uh, moved house to Hartford and she's got a new friend called Roisin and literally when she Back told me off. my lips stuck to my gum <laughs> I was just like, what you, what, she was like so I was with Roisin the other day, and I was just, I was like, I'm having a, a visceral reaction <laughs> to you and your new Roisin. Um, so yeah, incredible, wonderful, wonderful, joyous uh, piece of work. Great. <laughs> uh, Have I got the job? <laughs> yeah. You're close, we'll see. God, you've been brilliant. You're so good. Is what? it been all right? Uh, I thought I talked about The Godfather like someone who hadn't seen it. I'm a bit worried. <laughs> Corruption, power. <laughs> mafia? Is it about mafia? <laughs> oh, there's bad guys. You want to see them. <laughs> um, Don't phone the police or nothing. Just do it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> Someone gets made a godfather. Uh, yeah. There's no babies. Let me tell you that for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go to the audience. Yes. Uh, let's, let's, let's wrap pray. this section up. Let us pray. Uh, Raisin, you've been wonderful. Mm. However, when you were on set and you went off off paste and you said to your director, I've got an idea. You see that ladder? Oh, right, yeah. Uh, I'm going to step up, just a few steps up. Yeah. And I'm going to fall off. And he was like, we haven't really, we're sort of trying to just make the day. And you were like, no, 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 trust, trust, trust. And uh, he went, fine, everyone. Cause, so you went up the ladder, just three steps, and you fell off head first. And the angle you landed on, instant death. Uh, People laughed. They were like, that oh, wasn't bad, to be fair. I was Great expecting worse. Yeah. Then they were like, move on. And people started packing up, moving to a different location. <laughs> uh, someone, everyone was like, eyes and raisins. Someone else yeah. thought they had. Three days went past. <laughs> uh, and because your mum hadn't checked in a long time, you had a lice infestation at the time. <laughs> and while you were lying there, these lice laid eggs. Your head became fucking massive. And covered in in an infestation let's call it what it was and so we picked i came around scraped up your body i was so much more of you than we thought because of all these insects and stuff anyway stuffed you in the coffin stuffed you in but there was more of you than we were expecting because of all the lice shit there's there's barely any room in this coffin now there's only enough room for one dvd you can slide in the side you can take to the other side every night in the other side there's movie night and one night it's your movie night what film are you taking to show everyone in heaven Raisin. When Harry met Sally. Oh, you will be welcome there. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it one last round of applause for the brilliant Raisin Connery. Thank you. It's been so lovely. Uh, I've loved it. It's been all right. And I have seen um, The Godfather. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, so we've got, we've got like, not that long left, but if you would like to, to share with us anything, uh, I would love it. I don't know. I can't speak for Raisin. But someone at the back already excited, if you can wait for the mic. Hi, thank you for sharing all that. That was brilliant. Um, um, My name's Benjamin. I'm a filmmaker, and I wanted to share with you uh, the film that had the most impact on my life. My first film, by the way, was Bambi, and I saw it at a drive-in when I was really little. Oh, wow. So my parents used to take us to the drive-ins. 
But um, uh, my dad, who left us when I was about nine, was a great dad up until that point. And he showed me a lot of things in my life. And he used to do crazy things. And one Sunday, he just grabbed me and said, come with me. He didn't tell me what we were doing. Normally, we went to have a hamburger in town. That's what you do in America. You go have a burger. You know. Anyway, and he took me into a cinema. It was the first time I'd ever been in a cinema inside. Because you'd and only been to drive-thrus? Only drive-ins. Oh, wow. You didn't and know there were ceilings. <laughs> it was a Sunday mat. Exactly. I was like, what's that? Amen. <laughs> And um, didn't tell me anything, sat down, and it was Stanley Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey. Blood the hell. Yeah, I was probably about seven, maybe. Wow. Love my dad. <laughs> wow. So, so that kind of informed who I became as a person because I was like, ah, I want to do that. What is that? That, that just fascinated me so much. And, uh, and eventually I became... A filmmaker, and um, I owe a lot of that to my dad. And I wanted to add uh, something to um, your favorite film, which is if you haven't seen it yet, go see Animals because I think it's a very interesting modern uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of treatise on relationships and what love is now, and and oh, yeah, uh, we and, want to say that, yeah, and the dialogue in it. And I think you'll really appreciate it, oh, especially considering uh, what you do. So that's thank, you thank you very much. Thank you very much. for Benjamin. Thank you. Um, this is really nice. That anyone lady, else? The, that lady, the lady over there who's sitting near the bodyguard hater? Uh, <laughs> the bodyguard hater. <laughs> <laughs> still angry about it. Still, still heckling the bodyguard from ages ago. <laughs> Not over it yet. Her evening's ruined. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hello there. Um, so I actually only saw The Godfather for the first time four days ago. Hey, you <laughs> so did your I, homework. I get the hype. It's good. Um, <laughs> so uh, the film... Can you tell Raisin what it's about? <laughs> <laughs> so like there's some real bad guys. I don't know. Um, so the film that means the most to me is Mamma Mia. Um, despite, Nothing wrong with that. Despite Piers Brosnan's best efforts. But... Um, <laughs> Basically, uh, there was a group of us who used to go to the cinema quite a lot. It'd be me, my mum, my sister, my best friend and my sister's best friend. And um, we went to go see Mamma Mia, because that's what girls do. <laughs> and uh, so we all sat down and we were watching it. And it got to the scene where Donna was helping her daughter get ready for the wedding. Mm. And I turned to my best friend and she was sobbing, like weeping her eyes out. And I was like, what is going on? And it's important to note at this point that her mum passed when she was 10 years old. She'd lost her to cancer. So obviously watching this film was that moment in the film we didn't know that was coming we thought it was going to be like really feel good happy film yeah. I said are you okay and she said I'm never going to have that moment like oh she was yeah she felt terrible so she obviously we hugged it out through that scene and then you know cheered up a bit as the film got on and uh, when the film finished we all left the cinema and um, I told my mum what she had said and she said oh you know she was really upset at that point and she's like oh okay so afterwards we were driving home in the car and my mum turned to her and she said well you know you are going to have that moment. We're going to have that moment. Like, you know, Aww. the two of us, we're going to have that. And so my mum had kind of adopted her over the years anyway. Yeah. But in that moment, that kind of like solidified the adoption between <laughs> her and my that family. That is so beautiful. Um, lovely. And then we went and saw it three more times after that. Wow. <laughs> that's great. Round of applause. That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Any, that anyone want to follow that? <laughs> No pressure, but it better make us laugh and cry. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks. I have a much less beautiful story about right. um, really similar to your one about the film when you had like your first dirty dream and the next day you're like, this is all <laughs> Now cool. you're talking. <laughs> when I was like a preteen, I went through a phase of watching Moulin Rouge every night. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up and I'd had a like a dream about Nicole Kidman and me in the Moulin Rouge. And um, it was right. like a very intense lesbian dream, but I was still only about... 12 years old and I, ha- I was like this is it I'm drawing a line I have to stop watching Moulin Rouge every night it's gone out of hand I had the very same dream I think Nicole Kidman's better than Bert, uh, Bert Reynolds yeah you feel like she'd be more gentle I worry about Bert with you he seems rough uh, does any- has anyone else got a burning desire this, this, this gentleman here I really like this because I like spotting them before you. It's like a weird, I'm like, she yes. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, earlier you asked the question about the uh, best opening scene. Yes. Um, this is probably a cliche, but uh, it's worth mentioning. The third man, that uh, oh. wonderful monologue at the beginning. I never knew the old Vienna before the war with its Strauss music, its glamour and its charm. And, of course, the final scene, which um, has um, the... Uh, the hero waiting, and then Alida Valley just walks down that long alleyway in the yes. Vienna Cemetery, and you think maybe he's got a chance, but no, she walks right past him. And apparently Graham Greene and the director had two different visions of how it should end. Oh, really? And one said, yeah, because Rollo Martins in the, in the Graham Greene um, screenplay, his name was Rollo Martins, and he's a lady killer, and so it has a different ending. But uh, the uh, director insisted that you have to have real life and you can't, you know, have a happy ending. This is the way it's got to be. And, of course, it's perfect. That's great. That's yeah. great. And now the other thing I wanted to mention quickly is that I happen to like um, Shakespeare, but also modern versions. And there's a film that's not very well known. Ian McKellen plays Richard III in a, um, a version of, uh, Richard, uh, of that Shakespeare play, but it's in the 1930s in Britain. Yeah, is he fa- directed, right? It's an, I don't know if he directed, but it's a fascist. Uh, England becomes fascist, and it's yeah. really amazing. that The Shakespeare dialogue with the great actors, it's one of the early films of, with uh, Robert Downey, and it's got um, a great cast. And uh, it's, I think it's, it's hard to find on DVD. I'm not sure if it's out, but uh, it's really worth seeing. And then there's the Baz Luhrmann Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet, with um, oh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Brilliant. So th- yeah. those two are great. Well, Thank everyone's you. got a, a list to go home to. Thank you very much, sir. A round of applause for this man. Any, uh, what, what, one, or maybe two. To be honest, it's sort of like, I don't think we have to leave, but you might have homes to go to. We can do this. I can do this all fucking night. <laughs> What's your name, sir? Um, so my name's Adam. Hello, Adam. That very uncultured answer compared to that guy over there. <laughs> but um, one of my favourite questions is the one that you talk about where the film that made you cry. Yeah. And most recently, really embarrassingly, it would probably be How to Train Your Dragon 3. Oh, fair um, play. <laughs> And so basically, me and my friend Jen have always really enjoyed this, these films. And we were like, oh, like, let She's like, oh, I've got a QA at the BF, BFI. Like, it's with the director. And we're like, oh my God, this can be excellent. Like, so cultured. Look at us go. Mm. Um, and so we turn up on a Saturday morning and we're like, yeah. 
and just the BFI is full of kids. <laughs> and I'm like, not talking a few, like they are everywhere. They're colouring on the walls and stuff. And then I'm like, Jen, is this actually a Q&A with the director? Because this isn't very good. And she's like, no, absolutely. So it's a, sun, a Saturday fun day ticket. And we're sat down and we sit down and we're on a row with a family, like proper family, like... 10-year-old, 8-year-old, a baby and an infant. And I'm sat next to the toddler. And so anyhow, film goes on. By the end of it, I've just been sobbing, like, audibly for the last half an hour. And, like, the director's like, oh, I can see a few wet tears. And this kid's just looking at me. And I'm like, don't look at me. Leave me alone, please. Um, Yeah, it was terrible. (laughs) He finally learned how to train that fucking dragon. (laughs) Yeah, and it was just made really embarrassing because then the kids were, like, asking questions. They were encouraging the children to ask questions. It's like, why is the dragon black? And it's like, I'm just sobbing in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Round of applause. Great. That is great. Oh, there, uh, oh, God. Don't make me choose. We can do both. We can do you both. Can do, yeah, we'll do both. Hi. I'm Hello. not very good at public speaking, so... Hey, so far you've done excellent. I, I did say more than one word. Um, so just, um, I'm from Ireland, so I, I know the experience Welcome. of watching cinemas in Ireland. Um, so my my first memory of um, watching a movie was going on a Friday night with my mommy to um, Extra Vision to get out a couple of um, videos. And uh, I was very wee, and I was the eldest sibling of five, so, you know, I had the chore of, you know, I could pick something. <laughs> so my mommy picked one, and I... I picked one and we went home and I thought oh let's put this on so my mommy started first and um, she picked flowers in the attic I don't oh, know if anybody oh. says <laughs> how old were you again? Um, about Six, yeah, perfect age. Um, uh, I, perfect I don't know whether it's an Irish thing that you just don't read anything at the back and you're like, look at that pretty woman with all the children. Let's watch this film. And so there, I'm sitting there with my mommy yeah. and five children and all of a sudden this, this lady starts you know, bringing her children to her grandparents and she leaves them up in the attic. And about a month later, when they weigh two stone and the mommy's got a new husband and, the, and they're all starving... We're all sitting there like, Jesus, I know we had a famine, but God, do we have to prepare for this? Um, so I, w- I was pretty horrified by the end of that, but I thought, at least I have a movie. This will cheer everybody else up. And um, I thought, this is must-. my mom was like, well, this one probably be better suited to you guys. You know, it's for children. It's called Child's Play. Um, <laughs> By the end of that, I went up to my bedroom and I was like, I never want to see a China doll in my life again. <laughs> and this was the 80s where everybody got China dolls for, for, for every single present. And they all had names. And I went through my room that night and I did share my room with a couple of siblings. It's like, you better not fucking fall asleep before me. <laughs> and I put the blankets over all of their faces because I knew they were coming for me. And... Um, <laughs> Not that much later, Mommy's like, oh, I'm going away for a wee while. You're going to stay at your granny's. Fucking hell, what's going on? My granny was quite an authoritarian as well. So we got down there. She's like, ah, so nice to see you guys. I've got our nice room for you upstairs. And I went up full of China dolls. <laughs> um, so that's my favorite. But now I only watch Nicolas Cage movies because that's, <laughs> well, we all know that no, um, he's a vampire. <laughs> If that, that was, was your right. first public speaking, you should do gigs. That was... And this guy, I think Brett. Okay, uh, I think probably last one with this, this man. And, uh, 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 thank you. What, what? Hello. Hello, uh, what's I your name? Uh, Pete. 
Hello, Pete. Uh, I just wanted to share a film that meant a lot to me, yeah. uh, which I actually do not enjoy and will never watch again, which is, <laughs> which is Avatar. Um, yes. Because uh, I met my girlfriend about 10 years ago, and I had learned how to date off seeing what people on films would say from when they go on first dates. So what do you want to do? Do you want to go for a coffee? We both don't like coffee, but I just were like, let's go for a coffee. <laughs> so then we had a milkshake and Cafe Nero and just kind of did that. And then I thought, let's go and see a film yeah. as a second date. I mean, I was kind of freewheeling the whole experience because I mean, we hadn't talked much. So yeah, I thought <laughs> what the, the, the best way. <laughs> well, we talked at the coffee, but right. I you know, can't continue the conversation in the three-hour epic of uh, Avatar. Right. But I hadn't really thought that through. Uh, so then we then sat through three hours of Avatar and uh, I really was not enjoying it throughout the whole thing it was really tense and you know those kind of thing in the cinema this person next to you you're like oh they touched me do they mean to do that oh, oh okay and then uh, but no that's all accidental <laughs> and then yeah by the end of it I was just like I can never see that film again but it did bring us together and we're getting married next year <gasps> and congratulations uh, <laughs> congratulations the beauty of the movies what a lovely twist it's a great twist yeah. Is this yeah. is this is this and your this fiance? Is, yeah, my this fiance. is the, the and the very woman is here herself. <laughs> so I've embarrassed her. Do you recognise this voice? <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, it will not be an avatar. Uh, you what? <laughs> wedding? It will not be an avatar. Oh, it has wedding. to be. <laughs> We're coming in blue. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, can you? I I've loved this. Have you loved this? I mean, <laughs> so intense I've been, right now. <laughs> what? A, yeah, I've loved I mean, it, Brett. <laughs> Uh, really enjoyed myself. Yeah. It's been a good night it's out. Great. Um, I have to say the thing you have to say at the end, so we can end it properly. But I, but before we do the like the official bit, I've really loved it. Um, ready? Here we go. So that was the fifth live episode. Thank you so much to Raisin for being so excellent. Watch all of Game Face on all four at once. Thanks to Kate, Anna, and FCM, and everyone at the BFI. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it, but not being here. Thanks to ACAST for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. And most of all, thank you all for being here. I will see you soon. Have a lovely week. And please, be excellent to each other. Oh, that's great. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more. Online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.